0: Hey, I'm Allison Hare and welcome to Little Left of Center, the podcast that interviews culture changers that are reshaping our world and breaking new ground. Today's guest is Karen Jeffries, author of the smash hit book, Hilariously Infertile, One Woman's Inappropriate Quest to Help Women Laugh Through Infertility. This is a topic close to my heart. I did IVF to get my four-year-old daughter, Juliana. And the truth is, when there is medical intervention when trying to conceive, there is just no straight line to baby. Nobody goes on Facebook and says, hey, I can't get knocked up. Anybody know anyone? There's a lot of secrecy, shame, and really isolation when you're going through it. And one day I was watching headline news and there was a segment interviewing the school teacher named Karen Jeffries and how her book and Instagram account just grew like wildfire. So I was furiously DMing her (laughs) to see if she'd be open to an interview. And luckily, well, here we are. Now I do have to do a little bit of a disclaimer about the interview that the first minute or so is cut off. So I apologize for that. However, we get right into the meat of things, and I think the most important part to know, especially if you know somebody who's struggling with infertility or or you are experiencing it or, or have experienced it, that you are not alone. And by the way, Karen is really funny, so please enjoy.
1: And when you're going through it, it's just like this drudge that you're just like, Trudging through and everyone calls it um like a journey they'll be like oh it's my infertility journey and i sometimes i find myself saying that word and i actually don't like saying it because i'm like it's not a journey like a journey is like eat pray love right like that's a journey right like climb the appalachian mountains or something that's the journey but like infertility is not a journey like it sucks it's a trek right so um so it's it is hard to find funny things about it but i when i started writing the book I realized, like, oh, my goodness, this is funny. Like, this is funny, and this is the way that real women talk to each other, and whether it's about discharge or vaginal wands or, or you know, my husband having to go give his what they call donations. Yes. What? <laughs> what? What? You know? Like, all that stuff. I was like, this is actually really funny, you know? And, like, and so that's when I realized that, like, I can make some parts of it funny to help people through the really, really bad times.
0: So, are you funny in general? Are you, you know, like, you're a school teacher. And now you're doing stand-up comedy with this. I know. So tell me about, um, this mean, is truly a journey. So tell me about, how did this come about? Yes,
1: that part for sure is a journey. So um, so I, I wrote the book about three and a half years ago when I was on maternity leave with my second daughter. And my husband was the one who suggested that I write it. Um, and it took me like five weeks to write. Like it took no time at all. And then I tried to like get it published. Like I like sent it to like New York publishers. And they all said, we just... Because I didn't know. Because I'm a school teacher, so I didn't know that you have to like be famous to get a book published with like a real place. <laughs> right. And um and they all said we just don't think it's a big enough market. And so that's what to me like kept me going like through the years. And then and then one of my husband's friends was like, you need to get a website and you need to um you need to get on social media. And I was like, but I hate social media. Like I didn't even have a personal Facebook account. Like that I had nothing. Because, yeah, because my students are, they're fourth graders, so, like, they Google you. Like, they'll come in, and like, um, we Googled you last night. And I'm like, oh, what, did you, what did you find? And, you know, it's like my wedding website from, like, 10 years ago or something silly like that, you know? And so, um... And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I hate social media. And he was like, trust me, like, if you want to help people, this is what you have to do. And so I took his advice. I started a website. I started the social media. And, like, little by little, it just started growing and growing and growing. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like, people are really responding to this. And I had, like, posted a few chapters of my book on my website. um, And it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then finally... Around springtime last year, I was like, okay, like, now I need to, to self-publish the book because the platform is big enough, and really my followers were like, we have to read the rest of this book. Like, it was getting to the point where they were like, we they, they wanted it, you know? So I was like, okay. So I went forward with self-publishing, um, and I was just hoping that I would, like, because it costs a lot of money to self-publish. Like, it's out of my pocket. So, like, I was just hoping that we, would, that we would just break even, you know? I was like, if I can sell this many books, then I will break even, and then my husband won't kill me for spending this much money on (laughs) self-publishing, right? Like, Or like, you know, it's like self-publish or like go nuts at the mall. So I was like, we're going to go self-publishing. And so, and it has just completely far surpassed my wildest dreams. Like I never thought that it would sell as, as much as it has. I never thought that people would be, you know, DMing me, messaging me, emailing me from all parts of the earth and basically being like I found your book I'm reading it in this language or not in this language but like I'm, I speak this language and I'm and I'm reading your book or I'm you know from here and I'm reading your book or the I had like a 90-some-odd year old like well into her 90-year-old like grandmother be like I read your book and I loved it and wow. like she read it for her granddaughter and it was just like things like that that I'm just like oh my gosh like it's just been crazy so then
0: it's freaking hilarious, though. Like, I feel like I, I was reading um, through it, and I, I'm like, I feel like I'm talking to a friend. Like, it sound, it feels very natural. It sounds funny. Like, oh, that is kind of funny, you know? Yeah. Um, and and it uh, it's got such a personal way. And I'm curious to see, you know, from a social media perspective. I mean, there are groups that I wish I knew about, like Resolve. Resolve is a big group for infertility. It's a, a community. Um, I had no idea that was even there. I was just asking, like, do you know anybody who did IVF? And people are like, no. Or, yeah, my neighbor did, and they have 12 kids. You know, like they had six tuplets. And it's like, well, okay. I, I need some real things. And I'm I'm curious to see about, uh, are you familiar with Pregnant-ish, Andrea? Yes. Um, I think she's also in New York as well. And um, she takes an approach of, she's very sensitive to, you know, like this, because now um, uh, Andrea from Pregnantish tried for like, I think like 17 tries of IVF and could not get pregnant and ended up having a a daughter through a surrogate. Mm -hmm. And as she had her baby and you kind of see this miracle kind of unfold um, after all of this time and expense, um, she would take the approach of, you know, I I, I want to post and I want to be very sensitive to people who have not had a baby. You know, this can be triggering. You might want to move on that, you know, I am happy. And I wonder, you know, ha- how do you draw the line? Like you drop F-bombs. I mean, you're hilarious, you know, in your post. And, and they're very funny and kind of, you know, out there. And they really, like for me, I I totally get it. And I was like, wow, I wish I I knew about you before. How do you, do you get blowback from people that are saying, you know, that that's insensitive or, you know, what do you see, like, how how do people respond to you?
1: So, um, so yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. And Andrea and I are actually pretty good friends. We all, we like had to run through the Denver airport together, like at a mad sprint a year ago, but, um, coming back from infertility conference, but, um, I, I have gotten some blowback, not a lot. And part of me is kind of just like, listen, this is, this is my, like, it's hard, it's hard to manage a little bit because like, it's my social media, but it's really for Hilariously Infertile. But I always say that it's not about me because it's not, I'm not currently going through infertility. Um, so when I post things about, you know, who gets to have, you know, progesterone to zapot- shot up inside them today, <laughs> like... I'm not actually speaking Shout about out.
0: myself, you know. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, I'm not actually speaking about myself. I'm speaking about what I went through because I didn't have this when I was going through infertility. Like, I wasn't on social media. I didn't know about Resolve. I had two coworkers that I knew that I worked with who had gone through IVF, and that's it. Like, that's all I had, and I was just like on an island with me and my husband, and that was it. Um, and I didn't even really Google that much. Um, but so the blowback that I have received has been mostly from like there's one like e-card or a meme that I that I in the beginning I posted a few times and I didn't get any blowback whatsoever um and then once my platform got really really big and I posted it I got some pushback it was like something about how like oh great another like and forgive me for saying this, but like like another crack whore, is, like is pregnant, and like I still can't get pregnant, and like it's not saying anything negative necessarily about that type of a situation. Yeah. It's just saying like that's how you feel, like and it, it it could be like the Virgin Mary could be pregnant again. It doesn't matter, you know what I mean? Like it could be like the nicest person. You could be like, Reese, like everyone loves Reach With their or whatever, you know what I mean? Like she could get pregnant, and we'd all be like, man, you know? <laughs> so it like it's not really up against. That person in my mind is more like uh, uh. for like the, for people who are going through infertility, but I think that um, that and I understood like I was very respectful and I was like I understand that this offends people and um, and like and so I ended up taking down those those posts. Um, the only other time that I had some blowback was um, there's a big like a lot of people go back and forth in the comments on my social media about like the difference between infertility and secondary infertility or the difference between like me who I consider like I'm infertile. Like I can't get pregnant on my own. If I were to try to get pregnant tomorrow, it wouldn't be able to happen without doctors. And then people who are like, who have gone through infertility, exhausted all their options and are childless. And there is a spectrum and people fight over it a lot. Like in my comments. And there are times where I've had to get on the stories or, go into the comments and I don't really like try to go back and forth with people but like guys like this is a place where people should feel safe yeah and welcome and like we can agree to disagree like like yes do I still consider myself infertile yes am I as infertile as someone who tragically has had like seven miscarriages and eight failed IVF cycles and and now like is done whatever you know what I mean like no like I am not that infertile I I was able to get pregnant eventually and I was able to carry two children to term you know what I mean so like there's a spectrum and I think that what's important is that everyone kind of respects that and like wherever you are on that spectrum it doesn't mean that like you're like like my sister she's like fertile as a a horse like I don't even know like she looks at her husband and gets pregnant so like she (laughs) would not be on the spectrum of infertility you know so like I don't feel like it's a competition, you know, it's who's more infertile. Um, But there have been people that have definitely gone through a lot worse and that's not lost on me at all. So I think that there's a little bit of blowback with that too.
0: Yeah, and I think think that kind of brings up a good point that people can say very insensitive things. They can say things like, well, you know, why are you complaining you already have a kid, you know, or they Mm -hmm. might say, Um, You know, why don't you just adopt? And I'm wondering, you know, it, it is such a sensitive place. And I think part of, you know, like Little Left of Center, my podcast is about culture changes. And I think, you know, kind of bringing infertility out into the open is really, really important. So people feel like they are not so alone, you know, and, and what I learned from my experience, and by the way, I noticed you have a uterus on your shirt with two middle fingers. I like that. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) Selling merch. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, but what I, what I realized is that, you know, when doctors are involved, there is no straight line to baby. And so every single appointment, is um is new information in a new direction. And it is, you know, like on top of the hormones, it's, uh, it's really hard to navigate. And so I'm wondering, you know, through your experience, through your exposure to so many people that you've kind of hit almost like a zeitgeist when, you know, your publisher said it's not a big enough market and you have these people that are craving some kind of understanding, some kind of connection, some kind of feeling that they're not alone and as well as the hope. What are some good things that people can say? What are some comforting things? Because people just don't like to be uncomfortable, so they say dumb shit. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah um, people do say really, really, really dumb stuff. I think that the, at least for me, I think the biggest thing that people could say is like, I'm I'm here for you. Like, w- like how can I help you? Or, or you know, I'll, I'll come over and I'll just listen. You know, I'm not gonna give you advice i'm not going to try to fix you i'm not going to tell you that this is like like push my religious beliefs on you or anything like i'm just going to listen to you and if you need to cry and vent for 45 minutes i will be here just to listen to you so i think like feeling having people feel like they've been heard is huge um i also think that you know there's i've helped a lot of people my friends through infertility after going through it and there have been times where i've been like how can i help you like what can i do like i can't be at home with you every single night maybe you know it, giving you injections and i can't do this but like do you want me to take your kids out if you ha- you know if they have kids or do you want me to make you some food or do you want me to you know do you want to go get your nails done like what can i do to help you and like if it's if it's a coworker, i've been like you know let me take your kids for the last period and I'll do something in my classroom with your students and my students and let you be, you know, or whenever you're coming in late, like I'll make sure that like I grab your kids, you know, your students or something like that. Um, so I think little things like that, as opposed to being like, it will work out. Cause like I've said it many times on my platform, like don't like, telling people it will work out isn't helpful. Oh, like, it isn't. You, don't, you got this. You got yeah, this. I'm like, you don't Girl, you don't Girl, know, you don't that. know. <laughs> So don't say that. And it could not work out. And, like, I tell my followers all the time, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, it will work out because, like, I don't know that to be true. But what I do know is that and what I've learned a lot from Hilariously Infertile and, and just being a grown-up and going through motherhood and, and teaching and balancing Hilariously Infertile is that I really strongly 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 believe that like women are like ridiculously powerful and ridiculously strong and I'm not going s- to sit here and be like everything's going to work out but what I can say is that you are stronger than this. Like you are stronger than this. You are like a force to be reckoned with and if you kind of could harness that that you'll realize that like you can do anything and it really like infertility is not going to you or, or do anything to you because like women are so much stronger than that, in my
0: opinion. Yes, I agree. I I love that advice too. I think even just the comfort of how can I be here for you? You know, whatever you need, I'm here to listen. I think that's really powerful and empowering. And, you know, you're a, you're a fourth grade teacher and Mm -hmm. now you have this book and you have this social media and you're doing stand up comedy. What is your mission?
1: (sighs) It's crazy. Right? It's I love crazy. it. It's kind of crazy. Um yeah, so the the comedy thing happened, like I don't really know how it actually really happened. So, I started doing this speech, which is basically just like an abridged version of me explaining my book, almost like paraphrasing my book, and it's about an hour long, and I started doing it for fertility clinics for their doctors and their staff and practitioners because uh-huh what people don't think about is like how hard their job is also right like their job is really really hard they're dealing with people who are upset and sad and traumatized and they're like so like I started doing it for for them and for people in the medical field and then um and then I was like you know what? how about we do like a comedy night in New York City and we'll donate ticket proceeds to, to charity which is um the first one was to Baby Quest Foundation, which is a, a foundation in the United States that helps people with financial assistance who are going through infertility, mm-hmm. specifically to, to people in the United States. Um, and so it was a huge hit, and it was sold out, and it was super fun, and it was just me up there talking for an hour, which, like, doesn't really scare me, because I'm up in front of my class every single day of my life, you oh my know? God, so you weren't nervous? And in Spanish, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter to me and then I was like okay and then people were like oh my god I have to see more can you come to this city can you come to this city I wish you could come to this city and I was like should I start going to other cities like okay like I have family in Boston so like it's, it's very grassroots like people yeah. like you should come to my city and I'm like oh well, I do have family in Boston so maybe I can go to Boston and like my sister lives in Chicago so maybe after Boston we'll go to Chicago so like I could just stay on their couches and then do a comedy yeah. show um so yeah, it's just kind of, it's kind of crazy, but I'm really happy that people are coming out. And my biggest mission in terms of that is just to get people laughing and to get people to feel that like, that sensation of like, you're not alone. Like yeah. you're gonna be in a, in a theater. I mean, the one in Boston is over 400 people. Like you're gonna be surrounded by hundreds of people who have been in your exact situation or a very similar situation and know exactly what you're going through. Um, And it's just that feeling of like, wow, I'm really not alone, you know, I'm really not in this in this alone. And I think that that's that's huge. And the proceeds are going to charity, which is like, it's like a win for everyone. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like there is some type of responsibility or some type of um, contribution that you can make to help with laws or even? um, some of the benefits and benefit packages that include IVF, that include support for infertility. Um,
1: what is your role in that? So, okay. So in terms of like, in terms of like legal, um, advocacy and in terms of like state rights and insurance and stuff like that, I am not as huge as as an advocate in that aspect as like a lot of my other social media friends. And I can list off the name of, of who they are and they're amazing. They work specifically with Resolve, um, mm-hmm. like National Resolve. The proceeds to the Boston show are going to be going to Baby Quest again and also Resolve New England, which also does lobbying and stuff with legislation. I um I've done some posts, you know, for Resolve and been like, hey, this is huge. Call your call your, you know, your congressman, call your senators, things like that. But I try to stay on message for Hilariously Infertile, which is yeah. not so much about legislation as it is about like the patients who are going through it however um the stuff that resolve is doing in advocacy to get insurance i mean, they just passed a law in new york state that insurance companies in new york state must like require infertility coverage for, for all their um insurers and mm, i that's think that's awesome. huge um and without them like so many people would not have coverage and i mean i had coverage i have amazing coverage through teaching in the public school system but um, but so many people, they end up having to stop their fertility treatments simply because they can't afford it. And to me, that should, that should never be a factor. Um, so the people who, are, who I know that are great in, advocate, in advocating for legislation, specifically for infertility legislation, are um, Jay Palumbo of The Two-Week Wait. She's amazing. Um, also, Our Misconception, which is Candace Wold, is also incredible. Um, Andrea from pregnant ish is amazing um, they all do a lot of um, of infertility legislation advocacy work and they all work with resolve um, and there's a couple more in there that I'm sure I'm forgetting and I, I hope I don't offend anyone by forgetting them but those are the three big ones that I know personally that yeah. I that I know are really standing up and taking a stand and going like going to DC lobbying like doing like really being in it and I I highly respect them, and I feel bad because there are so many times they're like, Oh, we missed you in DC, and I'm like, I know I was teaching, like it's on a <laughs> Wednesday, like I can't just go down to DC, right? On, you know, and changing the, these May kids' lives on a Wednesday, yeah. So it's so like it's hard for me to balance that, and if I, you know, so that I do struggle with, but but they're great, and I support them and, and all their advocacy work like 100%.
0: And I don't know if we I don't know if we ever answer the question of, are you naturally funny? Did this just come out of nowhere?
1: Um, I mean I think if you were to ask my mother, she would say yes. <laughs> but um I don't consider myself like a stand up comedian. I'm just like a regular funny like person. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm just like I'm just kind of like a goofball and I just kind of that's just parlayed nicely into hilariously Infernal. But like in, in my classroom with my students, like they would say that I'm that I'm funny. Like we're constantly joking around in, in whatever language and whatever subject. Also.
0: <laughs> it's funny. Oh, yeah. Cause I, I was trying to, you know, put myself in your shoes, you know, like as I was reading your book and you were talking about your husband and, um, being a donation center for him to, you know, ejaculate in a cup and, yeah. you know, like you being a, a human pincushion for, um, for injections and all of that. And I wondered if you laughing at that was kind of like when my mom, when I was younger, would be so angry and I would just start laughing at her, you know, because I didn't know, I'm like, I didn't know what to do, what else to do, even though it would infuriate her even more. Um, But it was like that nervous thing. And I wonder if that's the same thing, you know. And have you been able to, to teach people where, or even give them permission to laugh? So I wonder what what the response has been like, I bet you've heard amazing stories and have had, um, had been able to help people on their journey. Um, yeah, on their journey. Yeah. Yes.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of the, the laughter and the comedy also comes from the dynamic between my husband and I, he, like we're both like really silly together. And I think that that helped us definitely through infertility. Like we were in my fertility doctor's office and he said, like the lab on site that your husband will come in and give his donation, which I was like, what? and then he said, the lab on site will clean and buff his sperm. And our <laughs> like, what? Like, I, had to, like, I was like, what? Like, what is he talking about? Like, I don't even understand. And I, I immediately pictured like little Oompa Loompas, like cleaning each sperm. And so my husband did too. Like we had this moment and, and we walked out and I'm like, what? And he's like, I don't know. Like, ah. Um, so so, yeah, so I think that that's huge, like, just giving you the ability to laugh, and and the feedback that I've received from from people is that, um, like, I've, I've received emails, and these things that just, like, bring tears to my eyes, where they're like, all I did was cry. Mm-hmm. I, all I did was cry myself to sleep every single night, and then I found your book, and I read it in one sitting, which I'm like, huh, okay, book's maybe not that long, um, <laughs> but they're like, I read it in one sitting, and now I'm laughing, now I'm crying because I'm laughing so hard, um, I've had people send me like the, the most amazing messages about how after a, a late term miscarriage or even an earlier miscarriage that like, they couldn't laugh. They, could, they couldn't find their smile, the like a husband and a wife, and they couldn't find their smile and they couldn't get through it. And then they found my content or they found my book. And it was the first time that they, but they both laughed and they both smiled. Um, I also had this one woman like reach out to me who said how, her and her best friend got pregnant at, at the same time. And then she miscarried her friend went on to carry to term. And then she started going through, you know, infer- infertility treatments and IVF. And it was just taking so long. And actually kind of that like difference in paths kind of draw- drew a wedge in between yeah. them. And she's like, but then we found your content. And my girlfriend would just like every now and then, like text me something that you posted, and she's like, and then we brought this, and she's like, I can't even tell you. She's like, this friend of mine. She's like, we weren't just friends; we were really sisters. And she's like, and we were separating, and we were going different ways, and like that, like my content and my book and yeah. stuff brought them back together. Which I was like, oh my god! <laughs> like, I, was like, I can't believe that. Because like, never did I ever like never when I was sitting there on my couch like writing of, like just like funny. Mm-hmm. dick and vagina jokes in my in this whatever this word document was going to be I had no idea like never did I imagine that like it would bring people together that had drifted apart or they would help grieving couples you know what I mean like it was just like it's very it's very humbling it's very um and it's very—it's a lot. Sometimes I handle because I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. But it makes me really, really happy that that I can create something that is that's having an effect on people and it's yeah. really helping people. So yeah.
0: Do you have like a private community for those people to connect with each other,
1: or is um, it just uh, the
0: the social media? Yeah, just the social media. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. So (laughs) I
1: I wish I had. I'm like, I wish I followed a funny person that had ovaries flipping the bird on her shirt all the time when I was going through it, but I didn't
0: Did you learn did you like take a class on social media or like how did you figure it out? Or was it like crickets at first or it just kind of took off just you just hit a hit a nerve?
1: So I didn't even know like what a hashtag was. Like I knew Nothing like I like I knew nothing and then I asked my my niece who was she was 19 at the time and I was like can you help me and she like kind of showed me like what a hashtag was and (laughs) and she helped me through like doing like that stuff and then for a while there her and I were both posting at the same time because like I was working so she would post once a day or I would post once a day and then we would kind of go back and forth and now she's moved on because she has a full time job now but um so now it's just all of me, but, um, but she did help me navigate it at first. Cause I was like, what's the hashtag? Like, what's the at? Like I didn't understand like any of it. And she'd be like, Karen, you have to do this. And she'd be like, Karen, you have to do this. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like just taking advice from her. Cause I was like, she's on the And then my husband one time came home and I remember like the first like couple weeks I was like, well, you know, our niece brought my, like, my followers from, like, 30 to 130 in, like, a few days. And he's like, what? How'd you do that? I was like, I don't know. I think she, like, sprinkled, like, millennial dust on it or something. <laughs> yeah. and it turned out it's because, like, you have to use hashtags, you know? Uh-huh. Um. So, yeah. So, and then it just grew and grew and grew. And i grown since then.
0: So how do you navigate it, being a mom, being a full-time teacher, an author? How do you navigate all of it?
1: It's a lot. It's definitely really hard, especially in September. Like, from September until December, I feel like it's just, like, so hard. Like, it's just, just going, 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 going until, like, Christmas. And then I'll probably get a science infection later after Christmas. Right. But, um, but I mean, I, I wake up at 5.30, 5.40 in the morning. I leave my house at 7. I get to work by 7.30. I teach all day until, um, until 3.50. 20 and then I stay after school a little bit to like correct papers until 4 or 4.30. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I come home earlier depending on how busy I am at work. I, I like to get home at like 3.45 but in September it's more like 4.15, 4.30 and then I have like three completely blocked off, three to four, like, you know, when I'm not that busy at school, I can be home at, at 3.45, that's my goal. Um, like three to four hours that are completely blocked off that are just me and my girls um, doing homework and playing outside and doing all that stuff and bath and bed And then I close my older daughter's door at 730 And I come downstairs and I go back to work for hilariously fertile until 10 o'clock at night Wow And that's been my schedule like that's pretty much every single day and I'm and I'm happy to do it Like I'm not complaining I'm not it's it's amazing and I, I wouldn't change anything for the world
0: You're making such a difference with this too like you're changing the culture which absolutely needs to be changed and I'm wondering, is there a path for this? I mean, do you have aspirations of leaving teaching or doing something with this and, and, you know, or evolving into something else? What's next?
1: Yeah, thank you very much. I mean, I hope I'm changing the culture. I think that's part of it because like when in the beginning, I was like, why doesn't anyone talk about this? Like I, when I went to the fertility clinic that first day of my first ultrasound morning monitoring I remember thinking that I was going to, like, meet people in the waiting room and, like, make friends with them. And, like, that's what I thought. And I was like, it's going to be great. I'm going to make friends. And, like, I'll know people that are going through what I'm going through. And then I got there and I realized that, like, no one talks. And it's like a a funeral home. And I was like, oh, my God. You know? So so I do really hope I am changing the culture because I never really – I mean, I'm obviously very, very open. And I'm an open book almost to a fault sometimes but I never really understood why we didn't talk about it so I am happy to be part of changing that because I don't I said I say to my friends all the time I'm like any other doctor's appointment you talk about it. you know what I mean like you go to the dentist you talk about it like you go to here you talk about it like you have to go to whatever you know what I mean like you have a checkup oh how's your cholesterol like you talk about it but for some reason no one talks about infertility and I don't really understand why um so and in terms of parlaying this into something in the future um I it's really really hard for me because like I I feel like I I am a teacher not just like that's just my job or what yeah. I do but I feel like inside of me like that's who I am so leaving teaching if I were to leave teaching would be a huge 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 jump for me um mm-hmm. also it might it would be time my husband and I would have to consider because um it would involve going off of my health insurance which is amazing and, uh, and things like that, you know, are my benefits and also my pension. So there are some financial things that I need to consider, um, before doing that to see if I were to get my ducks in a row. However, um, I have thought about maybe taking a sabbatical from teaching and just doing this full time and seeing where it takes me because what I've realized is, you know, much with anything in life. What you put into it is what you get out of it. So oftentimes during the summers, I might have more time to answer emails or to call people or to get back to people, and because I'm not teaching, and then and then it hits fall, and I'm like ah, and then like things kind of I I kind of pump the brakes a little bit because I just can't. And so, um, so I would like to really just delve in and just be like, where can we take this? also because right now I mean I'm 37 years old like no one's gonna want to hear about me talk about infertility when I'm like 50 years old like I get, you know what I mean like I can't wait until like, a fair I'm question tired, yeah. yeah from teaching to, to really see if this goes anywhere so I would be interested in um, in maybe taking a sabbatical or maybe um, seeing where this goes or maybe opening it up to other options you know other ideas like you know whether it's parenting or motherhood or um. Or just like being like a, a mature older hilariously twin. parenting yeah, <laughs> hilariously know, yeah. or just momming like talking about like like the other day yesterday um I was being interviewed about intimacy and intimacy after having kids and and this and the person was like wow that's a great like way that I was thinking about it and I was like maybe I'm the next like Dr. Ruth. I don't know but I'm just saying like I mean I'm not obviously I'm joking but um but I think that there are a lot of different avenues that I could take this platform, yeah. um, while, or like grow different platforms off of it while still maintaining Hilariously Infertile for the, the followers out there and for the patients who are still going through it and maintaining that, like what it really is. Yeah. Cause I don't want to change that too much. I would like, I would maybe do some offshoots, but I would still always want Hilariously Infertile to be dedicated to people who are going through infertility and getting them to just maybe crack a smile or crack a laugh.
0: Oh, I love that. What is the, what was the response like after the headline news thing? Um, Did, did they call you or how did they find you and and what was the response like?
1: So um, I have a publicist that I hired at the, in the spring um, and he actually was, was who connected me to headline news and the response has been, has been amazing. I mean, people are just happy that it's out there, Mm -hmm. um, that that, you know, that I'm talking about it. And, and then like, you know, my mom was like, I can't believe my daughter's on TV. And I was like, mom, you know, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, it's been really positive, which is great because I think that people are starting to realize that like that this is, well, not maybe starting to realize, but people see that like, this is kind of like my passion project and that I really just am trying to help people. So
0: I love that. And I think it's so important too. And I think, you know, what, what people underestimate is that art and very often art changes culture and a lot of times art is comedy because it's kind of a level playing field, you know, that if you can make somebody laugh, that's how people really realize that, um, that you can change culture. So I'm curious to
1: how can people contribute to your mission? Ooh. Um, I think that's a good question. I don't think I've ever gotten that question before. I love that. Um, I think that people can contribute to my mission by just not, not being so like in the closet about their infertility, for lack of a better of a better um, saying, I think that you know when you sit at at let's say Thanksgiving table dinner table or any dinner table and people like ask you questions and you don't just come out and be like, listen, I'm in, I'm infertile, I'm going through it. like when your aunt whoever is like, so when are you two gonna have kids? And you're like, <laughs> like when you're like. Mm, and you don't say anything and you chug a glass of wine and then go into the closet or go into the bathroom and like cry, don't get yourself a mirror, which we've all done, like everyone that I know is on that to one extent or another. Like when you don't say, you know what, I'm actually struggling right now and I'm going through infertility or you don't say, "Um, you know, maybe that's not the best thing to ask because we can't get pregnant or we just suffered a miscarriage or whatever your case may be. I think when you, when you squash it um, that that just perpetuates this no-one-talks-about-it stigma. And so I think just getting out there and just talking about it. I mean, so many people DM me, and they're like, how do I ward off those obnoxious comments? And I'm like, tell them you're infertile. I mean, I I have this really bad thing where I don't drink coffee. I drink Diet Coke in the morning. And when I was um, going, I'm so bad. It's so bad, too. <laughs> I'm either going to, like, die at, like, (laughs) 60 or be alive and I'm 150 (laughs) because I don't know. Um, But, you know, teaching in a school with all women, people would notice when I wasn't drinking my diet Coke first thing in the morning. And I wasn't walking into the building with it. And so much so that people would be like, oh. you know, so-and-so thinks you're pregnant because you're not drinking your Diet Coke. Yeah. And I remember being like, and I just thought I was like, no, actually, I'm going through infertility treatments. I'm trying really hard to, like, not be drinking that while I'm going through infertility treatments because, like, you know, it's upon, or whatever, you know. And, and it would either shut them up completely, you yeah. know, and, like, they learned their lesson or they'd be like, oh, my gosh. I went through that or oh my gosh my sister's going through the same thing and so it would either spark a conversation and bring me and that other person closer together or it would it would teach them a lesson so either one I feel like it's a it's a win win yes
0: yes you know
1: but being like being upset and like and offended is a correct and completely justified response but it's not then Changing the the culture, like you say, or changing the dynamic, or changing the conversation. And I mean, I hate to say, like as a teacher, but it is kind of a teachable moment, you know. To yeah. be like, listen, I'm going through infertility, and that's why I'm I'm drinking this. And then they're like, oh, like maybe I should mind my P's and Q's, and maybe I shouldn't be asking people that, or you know, or will bring people culture together. So I think that that that's my biggest thing.
0: And that is kind of an interesting uh, concept because why are we so interested in the gotcha, like? Are you pregnant? And they say yes. You're like, I knew it. You know, like,
1: yeah. why, why are we so interested in that anyway? <laughs> I know. I mean, I find myself doing that too. Like, even like, yes, I think last year, like, one of my very close coworkers was pregnant, and I knew she was pregnant for like a long time, and I just waited until like until she finally said that she was pregnant, and I was like, Yeah, no, I've known <laughs> since like, yeah three months ago or whatever, but like, I wasn't ever going to like, you know, out her or anything. And I was just so excited for her. And I think it's, you know, it's one of those things that, that as women that you want to, um, almost not be part of, but like feel connected to other women. Yeah. Cause it's something that like only some women have gone through pregnancy, you know, like there's not everyone on the planet can relate to it. And so whether it's men who can't relate to it or women who have never gone through it, can't relate to it. Um, so I feel like it's that like, oh, like we have something in common that now we can both relate to and whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I do the same thing, but I always like, I'm like, okay, just let her tell us when it's her time. And, <laughs> and eventually she did. But yeah.
0: I so wish I knew about you when I was going through my own fertility. Um, I wish I knew about all of this pregnant ish resolve. I had no idea. I was just in the closet. Um, and, and luckily it worked, but um, but it was a very tough struggle that I was not, um, I was not prepared for, you know, and I'm wondering how can people find you? What's the best way aside from this funny book, hilariously infertile on Amazon,
1: on Amazon, um, they can go to Instagram and if you type in hilariously and I mean, if you might have to go as far as saying infertile, but it, it will come up and you'll see it. They, so they can Yeah, you're verified. What'd you say?
0: You got the check mark. You got
1: I, to- know. <laughs> I know. I know. I have the check mark, um, which is so ridiculously crazy too. Um, but yeah, or um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I have to say that personally, I'm, I am personally on Instagram the most. I don't um, check that often Facebook or Twitter. I'll post to Twitter and with Facebook, if you post to Instagram, it just goes over to Facebook. So I find myself that I'm not on Facebook that often. So if you message me or DM me, and if, if, if you want to do it, I would prefer that. or you might get a better chance of getting a response if it's through Instagram. But people can also email me, um, my emails on, on all my social media, or you can go through the website, which is hilariouslyinfertile.com. And you can there's merchandise. And if you don't know if you want to buy the book or not, there are some chapters on my website and then if you like it, then you, it's like longer than what would be an Amazon preview. It you know, is of so the book.
0: funny and it's an easy read too. So I think you should get it.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's not. Yeah, I know. It's not like the deepest book ever. And someone's like, someone said something one time and I was like I know it's not like the most amount of pages and they're like, no but it's good I'm like I mean I can make infertility funny but it's not like war and peace but <laughs> you know it's not gonna be like 400 <laughs> pages it's just
0: not so oh that's awesome well thank you so much Karen this was such a pleasure and I'm so glad that you're doing this you're making a difference you are changing the culture so thank
1: you so much thank you so much for Thanks. having me I have really a great night <laughs> thank you so much you too bye bye
0: Man, I wish I knew about Hilariously Infertile when I was trying to get pregnant. It's not an easy road, but I'm sure glad that there's an entire community that gets you and is there to support you and maybe laugh. Make sure you share this episode with anyone who might be struggling with infertility. It will help. I've linked Karen's info in the show notes. As for Little Left of Center, in addition to streaming on your favorite podcast app, these episodes are also broadcasting on Decatur FM and Salesforce Radio. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, Please make sure you do so you never miss an episode of these perspective-shifting episodes. Oh, and have you left a five-star review yet? I would love to hear your feedback. I'm also looking for sponsors for future episodes, so feel free to follow me on the socials and hit me up. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week.